0: Hi, Chris Bellaton here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Are you hungry to advance your prophetic calling and step into your unique prophetic destiny? It's time to break the silence, stand boldly in dark places, and resound the truth across the nations. Join us at the School of the Prophets, a transformative four-and-a-half-day intensive training school. Here, you will gain understanding in your prophetic calling, Refine your gifting and grow in confidence to spearhead cultural change. Register for this year's School of Prophets, August 7th through the 11th, in person or online at Bethel.com forward slash events. God bless.
1: Hi everyone, it's Allie Vallotton here, and I'm here to let you know that the conversation you're about to listen to came from a live Q&A session on Chris's social media accounts. I hope you enjoy we are live you're
0: alive hi guys hello
1: hello i feel like we say this we say it the same way every week i know it's just i don't know we're still looking for a jingle so if you want to submit your should (laughs) have a little
0: music jingle (laughs) where we come on (laughs) you can be the chris
1: velton live jingle producer
0: that Uh would be kind of
1: cool that would be great
0: purple haze
1: oh purple haze okay we're at
0: our house today
1: Oh yeah, good Good to mention that we've changed scenery. Yeah, venues,
0: yep. we kind of like it.
1: I like it. It's like it. good. It's nice, it feels really homey. Yeah,
0: it feels good. We
1: are uh-huh. homey people. We did flip the set a bit in here. We it's, had to switch some things around, good. but. It looks good though. It's looking good. How are you doing? You've had a yeah, tough weekend.
0: Tough few days. We, uh, I had the flu and uh, had problems on both ends, and that mm, was not good, and Kathy, uh, she's had stones, uh, kidney stones, so they went in to remove them, but they were so big they can only get, or she has, has to go back Monday and finish again, so she is, we're here actually, because I want to stay close to her,
1: because
0: yeah. she, she has uh, a lot of pain, so. Uh, so we'll be praying for her. Yeah, yeah, praying for her, taking care of her, and staying up with her at night, mm. so we're, I'm literally looking forward to answering your questions, and yeah. we're kind of, we're on this, the prophetic theme this last month, because we feel yeah. like the Lord's really on this prophetic, mm-hmm. this important the prophetic theme. We've got the School of the Prophets coming up. We're having a lot of conversations internally about our, our school. This is like, I think it's around the 20th year of our school. Yeah. So, you know, we every, exciting. every year we try to, yeah, we'll remap it, kind of tear it down and rebuild it and hear what yeah. the Lord's saying. and. Figure out what to emphasize, and so I think yeah, that sure. that kind of keeps us in this mode of yeah. we're always thinking about the prophetic stuff because right. you know August is our school of prophets, prophet. Yeah,
1: and you sort of get fresh vision for the year yeah. every year as you meet with the other speakers. And this year there's six speakers, which is so yeah. fun. We get a variety.
0: Yeah, it's it's been that like Dano and I were the main speakers, and you know one of the things we're doing together. Is we're seeing this next generation of uh, not just profits, but we'll, we're talking about profits right now. Yeah. So, but the next generation of leaders are are really not just coming up like they are, up, and they they are vibrant leaders. Yes.
2: Yes. And I think
0: it's very exciting for Bill and I, and all, you know, a lot of the, the uh, team that's older, not just in Bethel but around the globe, watching the the 30s and the 40s.
1: The emerging, prophet. yeah, the
0: emerging prophets and the emerging prophetic people, the emerging leaders, yeah, apostles, and uh, and then even in you know the business world, we just this, we've been you know teaching legacy forever, and it's mm-hmm. quite a different thing to live it out. So
1: <laughs> this is true. That's true. So lots of questions <laughs> about prophets, as always, <laughs> because hello, we're here with the prophet, I, I
0: subject. <laughs> Yeah, I should put that out, uh, use that as a name tag on my, <laughs> my title is Prophet Chris.
1: <laughs> prophet Chris. I really hate that. Guy, so <laughs> to be honest. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, this question is maybe you've never been acknowledged as a prophet, but what are some signs that you may be called to the office of a prophet and how are these signs different than operating in the prophetic gifting?
0: Well, okay. So. This is one of the reasons why we have a whole school. So um, I'll give you the overview answer, which will not satisfy you because really this, there's so much theology in here that is missing in my answer. But uh, the the gift of prophecy is a, it's a gift and it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Right. So, um, and you know, there are nine listed gifts in first Corinthians 14. Those are all called gifts of the spirit, gifts Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit yeah um and then in ephesians 4 it says that christ gave gifts to men yes and he gave some his apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers so first of all just from the standpoint of who gave the gifts you know i mean the god gave the gifts but Mm -hmm. specifically it says the holy spirit gave gifts
2: yeah
0: and then it says that christ gave gifts Mm
2: -hmm.
0: the holy spirit gifts are the ability to do things But Christ's gifts are the ability to be something. Mm -hmm. So the gift of prophecy is something that every Christian has access to. I would say all the gifts of the Spirit. Every Christian has access to when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. The office of a prophet. In fact, let me just, let me say, let me go back one more time and say, Paul goes on to say, earnestly desire spiritual gifts and especially that you prophesy. Yeah. Okay, so, but then... When it comes to the office of a prophet, or we'll say the fivefold ministry, which is the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher, yeah. there is nowhere where you get to choose to be a prophet. It's like it's not a career, it's a calling.
2: Yeah.
0: And, it's, and, and God actually chooses you. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So Paul said, I, Paul, am an apostle, not by the will of man, but by the will of God. Yeah. So, Apostle is an office that you hold, a governmental office in the Spirit that you hold. And the office is, I mean, the, the gift is the person.
2: Yeah.
0: Where in prophecy, the gift is the ability to prophesy. Yeah. And then, last thing I'll say is, the idea of prophecy, the scripture says that prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Yes. But the office of a prophet is to equip the saints to do the mm-hmm. work of service. So you're actually kind of like you're, you know, we kind of say metaphorically, like you're, uh, you're the guy or the gal that comes and puts the phone in the house. Yes. You're, you hook it up. Yeah. And I don't know if that works anymore because nobody uses home phones. But,
1: <laughs> but we can remember the yeah, day. we can remember
0: the day. Like we still, we're still all, Old enough to like at least experience that yeah. most. They yeah, home have a having fun.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. But it, my, I guess, I even have a follow-up question. You said prophets' job is to equip the saints, right? If you're called to the office of a prophet, yeah. but that would be the same right for an apostle or an evangelist or yeah. a pastor or yeah. a teacher, right? ministry, absolutely. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um next question I have for you is why is it so important that we don't rush to the promise right so one of the things you teach a lot is that in order to be called to the office of a prophet you have a private encounter and a public acknowledgement right and so sometimes in between those there's a process right there's a process between receiving that promise whether it was a public acknowledgement or it was a private encounter with the Lord and actually stepping into the yeah. fullness of what you're called to. And I'm curious, why is it so important that we don't just skip the step of process? The, of process. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, 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 one is, you know, gosh, every one of these questions has, you know, a chapter that I've written on, right? Yeah. But you, It's like John Maxwell says, he who thinks he leads and has no followers is just taking a walk. Mm-hmm. He, a prophet is an office that you hold that has to be acknowledged first, I mean, called by God and acknowledged by men. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like if you, if, if God calls you to, to an office, for example, Joseph, in the Old Testament, Joseph, he has an experience where he's called to be a leader. Yeah. That, and, and, you know, the mistake he makes is he goes and tells his brothers, like, hey, you guys are all going to bow down to me. But he had the right word, but the timing was terrible. And ultimately, you know, it led to his demise. And I think it actually led to the, you know, we're talking about from between the promise and the palace, there's always the process. And I think his process, that, you know, God designed this process to humble a very arrogant Joseph. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't think that that's the process that he had to take. Like, if you don't know the story, he ends up. His brother saw him into slavery because of his arrogance. And then, you know, he goes from slavery into prison, and he finally fulfills his destiny, like 17 years later. And you're like, well, you know, when you're reading it, it doesn't feel like a big deal. But if you're Joseph, and you have to wait 17 years for your prophecy to be fulfilled, and primarily because you're an arrogant, bratty little kid, you know, and he's the 11th son of of, um, Jacob so you know he's he's like the little brother that we've all thought about right fighting his bigger brother so you know on the other hand you know if you're like uh, eight, I'm saying um, if, if you're like who uh, oh, could my my brain went dead <laughs> um, you know David's one of David's sons uh-huh. you know who comes out and says you know hey you you know you should um, you should follow me and not my dad. Yeah. And he says the Bible says that he stole the heart of the people, mm. and the challenge is, is that he had the favor of man,
2: yeah.
0: but he didn't have the favor of God. And ultimately, he died. Right? He died in a battle, and um, and you know.
2: Absolutely.
0: Absalom, yeah, there. He yeah. goes, man, I just wanted to say Ahab. And like, Absalom. <laughs> yeah. Absalom. So, you know, he, died, he dies in battle, you know, because he has the favor of man. He doesn't have the favor of God. Well, Joseph has the favor of God, but he doesn't have the favor of man. Yeah. And so both of those obviously rather really have the favor of God. But, yeah. But you need both to actually lead people. Yes. And, you know, the office of, the governmental office of prophet is a leader. And if you're not, if people aren't following you or they resist you or you come into church and you're like, I had a counter on the prophet of this church. It's like, yeah. well, the leadership has to trust you and acknowledge you and so on and so forth. So
1: yeah, interesting. That makes me wonder too about maybe somebody that's, res- that has had a private encounter and is leading people, but hasn't had an acknowledgement. Like, are they technically walking in the office of a prophet or not? They're not necessarily walking in the office of a prophet until there's been both.
0: Yeah, now this is now we're talking about the difference between calling and office, right? Because you have to have a calling, but you don't have the office until you're 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 actually acknowledged by a man, right? Yeah. So David, you know, let, let's talk about King David. He's anointed king in first Samuel seventeen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He doesn't become king I said seventeen fourteen. He he's not even acknowledged as having a kingly anointing till first Samuel seventeen where he kills Goliath. Right. He doesn't become king, like, for 14 years. Yeah. So, you know, the problem with being anointed king in the wilderness is that they already had a king. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that the challenge is, is that oftentimes, this is one of the largest, biggest challenges. The biggest challenge we have among the prophets or people who called to the prophetic office
2: mm-hmm.
0: is that they, they, in my opinion, don't practice humility and wisdom and they become self-appointed prophets, not in that their encounter was wrong, but that their process was wrong.
1: Yeah, interesting.
0: And so then we have a lot of pushback. Like, if you say, I'm a pastor to somebody on a plane, I mean, rarely do you get pushback, besides <laughs> right. people who don't like the church. If you say, I'm an evangelist, rarely do you get, you know, I'm a teacher, you No, know, hardly ever pushback. Right. If you are on on, on a plane and you tell a stranger you're a prophet, I mean, you get rolled eyes and
1: it is very interesting.
0: And if you if somebody walks into our church and says I'm a prophet, it there there is still some of that pushback. Like, well, and it, it rightfully there's been so many weirdos interesting who've like, you know who have tagged themselves apostles and prophets
1: without any covering
0: with no covering no connection no wisdom and you know basically and maybe they've had a private encounter with the Lord yeah but there's been no processing yeah and honestly I think the charismatic and Pentecostal movements have so pushed back Mm
2: -hmm.
0: on calling anybody by a title what's funny is people who say I don't like titles they still will call their leader Pastor Joe I you call him a title Yes. or, you know, evangelist, you know, Henry or what I was like, actually just call him a title. Yeah. So it's like, you don't like that title, which by the way, I understand why. Right. But my point is, is that we have polluted the title by not using wisdom and by using, uh, you know, our, our so-called office to oppress people, control people, rebuke Mm. people, yeah. And, you know, we haven't brought out the best in the body. Yeah. And we need to be one of the players in the body of Christ, those of us that are called to the office, so that we bring out the best in people. We make everybody better.
1: It's really good. Yeah, that's my that's goal. That's a good that
0: point. Always happen, but that's my goal.
1: Well, and it makes me think, like, okay, well, what would the purpose be in, of a prophet to the yeah. body? And even just that in itself is vital, right? Totally. Because if we're all becoming more refined, more like Jesus, and that a prophet comes along and pulls out the golden people. Totally. It's like, oh my goodness, we need that. (laughs) We
0: need that. Yeah, and there's you know, there are there are places to, you know, have a what we'll say, a rebuke or a correction. Yeah. You know, when there's appropriate kind of relationship with the people that, you know, you have that 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 level of authority with. Yeah. But sometimes we're trying to do with prophecy what we should be doing with discipleship, you know?
1: Yeah, that's really Long good. Wrong tool. Really good. You know, the hammer works
0: for everything. I got to <laughs> hey, you know, I want you to rebuild my kitchen. It's like, and the guy comes over with a hammer, you're like, uh, oh, yeah, I use this for everything. Okay. You know what I'm saying? A little odd. Uh-huh.
1: It's
0: uh-huh. like you got no other tools.
1: Just a hammer?
0: Just a hammer.
1: Interesting.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like prophets are like that's like I, I got one tool. Yep. Like, this is one tool. I'm i I correct and direct the world.
1: Right, versus
0: it's like I have no wisdom, I have no insight, yeah, I have no encouragement. You know, it's yeah. just like I just want it's one thing I do.
1: Right. Which kinda of leads me into my next question is do all prophets operate in a similar way, or how is prophetic gifting differ or is it diverse among different prophets, right? Do you think yeah. some are called to give? correctional words versus some are called to break. Well, I think courage. correction
0: is fine. Like we, we, we don't emphasize correction in our body, in our, in our stream. Although behind the scenes, we've all, every one of us that have operated on this level have block correction. Mm-hmm. But the deal is, is that there is a movement. There, you know, when I was growing in, in the early years of prophetic ministry, and later on the pro- hanging with the prophets, there was so much self-esteem, and like we are this—you know—we're we're, kind of like the know-it-all people. Yeah. Where, you know, we can judge the pastor because he doesn't hear from God like we do. And, yeah. And it's like wow, you know, and you know, we work—we worked really hard to create a healthy prophetic culture where there there is some correction, but it's very—it's limited to people in in your metron, your sphere of influence and with people that you have a relationship with Mm -hmm. and in whom you actually have gained authority in their life because you, you have integrity and truth and honesty.
2: Yeah.
0: And you know, you're seasoned, you're seasoned in being uh, right about hearing the Lord. You're not, you know, you're not a young apprentice trying to tell people how they should run their church, their life, their business. And I, and then there's also protocols around, you know, how do I correct somebody? And I think that a lot of people put on the mantle of like Elijah in the Old Testament. And they're like the flaming prophet, you know, arrives with the Superman suit and right. you know, it's like, yeah, that's probably not the best way to handle most things.
1: Right.
0: Right. Doesn't mean it never should happen, but it's really rare. Right.
1: Well, and you haven't even mentioned. Well, it makes me curious. Is do all prophets even operate just within the church, right? You mentioned Metron and how you are called to a Metron, right? As a prophet, everybody is called to a specific Metron.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the prophets we love in the Old Testament, I I was trying to think of, for example, Elijah, Elisha, they were not called to to the church.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, they were, they, uh, Daniel was definitely called to a king. Yeah. Um, as far as we know, he, he served. He served four kings. Like that was his whole metron, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't have any. Uh, as as far as we know, I mean, again, it, the Bible doesn't have a complete story on the life of Daniel. But yeah. as far as we know, he had no little or no relationship with the priests. Well, one, they tore down the temple, so there was really no. And he's in Babylon, where you know it was kind of like china like illegal church right yeah and, and then you know you have amos uh and micah and those guys were they were farmers yeah who basically their prophetic ministry was to the grassroots movement let's say like a jesus movement like what we see arising right? now like yeah. i think we see this arising now there's an uprising that is really happening where i'm watching prophets who have very little uh authority not authority well, yeah, let's say uh, influence in the local church.
2: Uh-huh. But they
0: are acknowledged by local church leadership, and they are having huge impacts on culture. Yes. So they'd be like Amos. They'd be like Micah. Uh-huh. They'd, they'd be like Zephaniah. They'd be like these guys, you know, who they were they were mostly farmers who were anointed by God. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think there could be prophets. There are prophets in lots of different metrons. We're yeah. finding we're finding more and more of them come for training, and more, and more of them are coming out of their independence and moving into interdependence and, and, and having a greater impact. Right, because you need community.
1: You need community, mm-hmm. yeah. To stay healthy, stay accountable. That's really good. Someone has assets live right now. I recently was told by a prophet, I'll be a prophet to the nations. I've been traveling and sharing words. How do I steward that word well?
0: Well, again, you know, this is like we always get feedback after we answer questions because we don't answer them the way that people, like the way people really ask them rightly. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, uh, I would want to know, are you connected to your leadership? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Are they acknowledging you as a prophet? Is there any kind of accountability? Because the more anointed you are, the more gifted you are, the more influence you have, the greater accountability you need. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that it's really important that you have that you are interconnected to the inner inner workings of, of your leadership team.
2: Yeah.
0: Otherwise, you know, I've seen so many crash and burns and we see them on the front page of just about every social page right now. This crash, that crash, this crash, that crash. And frankly, so much of it's predictable, not because you're prophetic, but because you just know if you have that much authority and you have, you know, it's like you you have this small uh, foundation with community and connection, leadership, and you have this much reach, Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's predictable. Like, when are you going to fall?
2: Yeah.
0: And part of the challenge we have today, and we've, we've actually talked about this many times in the last two years, is that with social media, with the internet, you can... You can have such a huge audience mm-hmm. and have such a little have such small character.
1: That's true. You can hide a lot.
0: I talked to a guy yesterday by the way, he's amazing. But a year ago he had ten thousand people on his TikTok page. That was like his gig. And and he did some stuff and he's got one point four million on there, he's got one point one million on YouTube, he's got one point three million on Twitter. Well, in just twelve months. Like, he's just, he's just amazing at communicating on those social platforms. He's just, he just has a special gift to communicate on that platform. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we had great conversations about his accountability. Like he, I didn't have him, he had me. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I need more accountability. And I'm concerned about, and I'm like, yeah, on social media, I mean, you could be a giant and be, and be Pee Wee Herman behind a curtain. Yeah. And by the way, this guy is not. But my point is that thousands of people are like, me. yeah, thousands. And so it's really important that we have a community that we that we are accountable to and that we live in.
1: It's really good. It's really good. Okay, I think we have time for like one more question. Okay. This person's asked, what does a New Testament prophet slash prophetic ministry look like? Does it use the same template as that given in Numbers twelve six or
0: Old Testament. No, it's very different. You know, for example, in the Old Testament, the the prophets could be described as pleasing the spirit. You know,
2: yeah.
0: Like, so they, you know, God. Moses brought the Ten Commandments, and the prophets were the enforcers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, one of their primary roles in the Old Testament was to enforce the law.
2: Yeah.
0: Like call down fire. Uh, you know, prophesy judgments. And they were, they were primary, the, the primary law keepers of the old covenant, yeah. but in the new covenant, you know, prophecies for in, in, and exhorting and comforting. And we see that, for example, you take the old Testament prophet Elijah mm-hmm. and Malachi mm-hmm. prophesies in Malachi four, in the last days, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet. He's going to restore the hearts of fathers, to sons and daughters, and hearts of sons and daughters of fathers, these I like the nation with the curse. And so here's the thing, in the Old Testament, he was, you know, called down fire, famous for, you know, taking out Jezebel and Ahab, and confronting them, and killing false prophets. Yeah. But, you know, in Malachi, it says, okay, he's coming again on the other side of the cross, mm-hmm. and his job is the reconciliation of families. So, you know, 2 Corinthians five seventeen: it meant being Christ and new creation. Old things pass away and all things become new. But the next verse says, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting trespasses against him. The next verse says, So we've been given the ministry of reconciliation as if God is calling us, begging through us to be reconciled to God. The point is, is that when you see an Old Testament prophet like Elijah, he's the only example I know of, that he's moved into the New Testament in that he'll come in the last days and restore hearts we go, wow, completely different ministry.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, and that's because we live on this side of the cross. Yeah. And I'll tell you, like, studying the cross is so important because the cross literally split history. Right. You know, we're, we're trying to go BCE now instead of, you know, before Christ and after, after his death, which AD doesn't mean after death, but it, it depicts that. Right. But, you know, it's really, really the cross split history. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally split history. Right. Uh, the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross changed the, it, it it we say it it squelps the fires of hell and it it, it released grace on the earth so yeah. that mercy could come and so God deals with this very differently it doesn't mean there isn't a hell it doesn't mean there isn't retribution mm-hmm. I mean we still have the book of Revelation in the New Testament yeah. but it does say that God there is mercy and grace displayed in the new covenant that the old coming people never did. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And that directly relates to the office of the problem. Right.
1: So good. This is really good. I feel like we just like took a deep dive into Prophetic 101.
0: <laughs> it's like, like I was trying to say this in a few minutes. It's like... It's so challenging.
1: Hard. That's why you have to come to school. The problem with yeah. this
0: <laughs> it's gonna be It's going to be killer this year. We are we're so... I'd say we're excited every year. I don't know if it's just... The fact that our team has expanded and grown, mm-hmm. or if it's this times, yeah. like these are such exciting times. You see, finally the pushback of culture. Finally,
2: yeah, yeah. You know,
0: we see it's abortion so overturned in the Supreme Court. We see people finally standing up and going, "Wait a second, what are they teaching my children?" Yeah, you know, and like we're seeing a grassroots movement pushing back against the demonic thing that. Ellie, you know, this has been going on for 50 years. I feel like there's just been a few of us that have been saying, hey, listen, listen what's going on. That Listen, our schools have turned into indoctrination centers, da-da-da. And, you know, people are like, live and let live. And then all of a sudden, it's like the, the movie The Patriot where, you know, Mel Gibson goes out and the uh, he doesn't want to fight. And, and he looks out and is on his homestead and there's cannonballs flying over his property. Mm-hmm. And there's the uh, the Redcoats and the Yankees are, you know, they're having a war right out in front of
2: them. Yeah.
0: You know, and and he he has no choice but to engage the battle. Yeah. And so this is where we're at. And I think that it's never been more important than now. I agree. Uh, God, if you look in the Old Testament almost like, I, don't, I I wouldn't say 100%, but a high percentage of time when God is trying to shift history, he first sends prophets. Yeah. Like
2: John the Baptist.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it now I'll, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will immediately prophesy. First thing, I'm going to shift culture. And the first way I'm going to do it is I'm going to anoint a whole bunch of prophetic people. Yeah. And so this is, I'm sorry, I was ranting.
1: No, just this is very good. This is what we need. That was a rant. This is what we need. And this is what you'll get at School of the Prophets.
0: You'll get a bunch more. It'll be better.
1: <laughs> and you can register at www.school.com slash events if you want to join us this August but we'll be live next week as well. Thank you guys for tuning in. You
0: want to pray for those watching before we end? Yeah, Lord, I pray for uh, all the folks that are on here, people who are very anointed, not just as prophets, but anointed people who have been, you know, in the shadows and have not been acknowledged and live with the frustration of feeling a high call of God on their life and and feeling like there's there's not a platform, there's no place. And I pray, God, that you would give them wisdom, that the favor of the Lord would be on them. That as they kill their Goliath, that there would be a king near, that goes, whoa, where did that boy come from? Where did that woman come from? Yeah. And I, I pray for you in that mode in Jesus' name that the favor of the Lord would be clear on you, that your calling would be distinct, and that you would know uh, for that you know with your knower that God has called you greatness. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisbelleton.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.